Hi there, and welcome to the Third Impact Anime Podcast, where we talk about anime, video games, and conventions, with a healthy amount of existential dread mixed in. This particular episode may be inappropriate for listeners under the age of 18. You can find out more about our podcast by following us on Twitter, at T-I underscore anime. Or just like us on Facebook to not see our posts, because that's just how it is now. Thanks again for stopping by, and enjoy the show! everybody welcome to another episode of third impact anime podcast i'm ryan the host i'm here today with marissa hello and sully hello hello and temporary tori aka tobias i am present and also tori you are tori yeah tori was originally going to be on this episode but she's uh feeling a little under the weather she probably caught some virus from the mouse uh but we have tobias instead and he'll do for now so Today, we're all excited to talk about this. We're going to be talking about Devilman Crybaby, the series on Netflix. So, I found this series, based on Marissa's recommendation, and probably the rest of the internet as well, because everybody's been talking about this. And I was really sick last Monday and Tuesday. I had like a 103 degree fever. And uh, so I watched all of this while pretty damn sick and that was a trip but i still really enjoyed it and i know everybody else did as well at least i think everybody else did we'll find out shortly (laughs) so brief background on this um it was based on an old manga by the same name or rather half the name of devil man it follows the same take over this part ryan since i'm like the resident go nagai person at this point yeah please do (laughs) okay um I have just recently become, like, a big fan of Nagai's work, so I'm not, like, an expert, but I'm probably the most knowledgeable on the team about him. So it is based on his Devilman manga, which was probably his most successful one. Um, This version more closely follows his original story. The first anime adaptation is a lot uh, campier. It's not as violent. It's not as uh, subversive. So this is kind of like a modern retelling of it. Um, and the guy himself is a very interesting person. A lot of his works are very sexual, very violent, very over-the-top, psychedelic, trippy, campy. Um, his favorite work of mine is Cutie Honey, which is also getting a, a reboot soon later this year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but Devilman is kind of his magnum opus it's the thing that and mazinger z is the thing he's most famous for in most circles and he uh got into manga because he was he was on track to go to university and then he had a three-week diarrhea attack where he thought his life was ending and he thought he couldn't shuffle this mortal coil without writing at least one manga and he did thinking that would be his last act on earth and Surprise, he did not, in fact, die from diarrhea, and he has become 
um, a professor of character design at Osaka University. So, you know, life takes strange turns. So it wasn't diarrhea. Uh, 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 <laughs> that's good. That is terrible. I feel bad for even saying that. But, yep. um, but yeah, that's that's probably the funniest, like, how I got my start in manga story of any artist that I've Imagine heard. So ever had, like, bring your parents to school things. <laughs> I had, like, mad run, and I was like, I'm probably gonna die, so I'm gonna write something. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's quite a story. And, um, yeah, so the studio that worked on this as well was uh, Science Saru, and I know Tobias is the resident expert on them, so do you want to give us some background on them? Yeah, so it's really interesting that we have this Go-Nagai adaptation, this, like, classic work. Uh, but then we've got Science Saru that's definitely, definitely more modern, kind of like what Sully was saying. So Science Saru has only really been an entity in and of itself for a couple of years. I think they started in 2014 or 15. But the, the heads there have been doing, uh, you know, anime for quite some time. So then we've got uh, Masaki Yuasa, who's been working as key animator, key animation since uh, like Crayon Shinchan and really early stuff. Uh, a lot of his art is based on more Western styles. Like Tex Avery has been a big influence on his style. So we have, uh, for him, we have Kaiba from 2008, something that I think uh, a criminally low number of people are really aware of, but did just get a Blu-ray uh, release by Discotech this past year. Uh, we have Ping Pong the Animation, which got a bit of traffic. Uh, oh, Kick man, everyone would be proud. <laughs> he would be. Uh, yeah. But after Ping Pong, uh, we had Kick Heart, which was, I don't think it was the first, but one of the first uh, kick-started anime productions there. Uh, they got a little bit of play on Adult Swim uh, back when that released in like 2014 or 15. And then we've got uh, more recently the Tatami Galaxy. That was, I think, a little later, earlier actually, 2009. One of those things I think uh, very few people actually have seen or are aware of here. But I think with some of the more recent stuff, for example, Devilman Crybaby, there were two movies they put out this past year, uh, Lou Over the Wall and Night is Short, Walk on Girl, which is getting a, a bit of a bit of traffic as well. I think it's starting to really put uh, Yuasa and Young Choi on the map. That and they also did an episode of Adventure Time a few years back, which uh, got a lot of people looking at their work as well as an episode of Space Dandy, I think uh, really early in season two of Space Dandy. Nice. So, uh, you know, yeah, so I've been, I've been saying this, I've been you know, really uh, per, you know, parading Yuasa and Science Saru for the past couple of years, really enjoyed his works and how different they are than, than most anime and anime styles. I think we're finally hitting a point now where people are starting to really pay attention to, to uh, paying attention to these guys, and I really hope that we'll see more stuff from them in the next couple of years. Well, only time will tell, and yeah. Um, which episode of Space Dandy did they direct? Do you remember? Uh, looking at uh, this here, it looks like episode nine was the one that Choi worked on. This was uh, Dandy and Meow arrive on a world ruled by giant sentient plant life. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, so the the style and looking at the pictures, yeah, the, like the actual plant design looks very different. Uh, their Adventure Time episode is very, uh, very obviously their stuff. I'm going to have to look that one up to see what the title is. Any any Adventure Time fans among us at all? No, I'm not an Adventure Time person. Uh, okay. Not really. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not really. But uh, I did see the episode. If you go back and, and just, just find it, it's 
very, very different than the normal style. And you could definitely see Yasa and Choi uh, really shine through in gotcha. that episode for sure. So if you're a fan of this, if you're a fan of that, that really interesting style, that very uh, bold color choice there, the more Western like character design than yeah. the anime style. Uh, you know, for those of you who've seen the first episode, the entire ending is just very, very much their style and very different than than you know the the, the rest of the show. Yeah, the the art style I really liked. It's like I like the I like Lupin when it does that as well. Mm, it, yeah, it takes you back, and you know, millennials were nostalgic because we apparently lived in a pretty good time, even though we're probably too young to remember if it was actually that great. But we had scrunchies and pogs and uh, wow. older looking anime. So wow. we're nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the art style. It was great and definitely refreshing from all of the shininess we see nowadays, which not to say it's bad. It's just sometimes yeah. it looks like a little bit too much. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the spindle limbs. I love the spindle limbs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the devil, the devil run seems to kind oh of like God. have a lag to it. Like it just sort of like stops and everything. And then it's like, and go. It's it's it, that amuses me for some reason. Just I don't, I don't know if that was an artistic choice or what. But yeah, um, like I don't think the things like the devil run would have actually worked if it looked newer than it did, because yeah. <laughs> just the fact that it looked so spazzy and like. You can't really make out all the limbs moving. They're just kind of like thrashing. It just it, it's funny. And you can't really translate that if you're trying to be super precise. It's so. kind of like the uh, experiment where they were trying to snapshot a horse to see if its legs were all off the ground at one point. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. They kind of pinwheel across the <laughs> <laughs> zooming pads. First time I saw it, I died hysterically. I was like, what? Yeah is this and i i was like is this just an akira thing and then you see all the other devils and you're like nah <laughs> no nah, it's the it's the devil run the devil run <laughs> it was so funny i really enjoyed every time they brought that out because it just made my day also it kind of kind of brings us back to an age of like where we had blockbuster video still and people would bring would rent an anime not really knowing what it was except for what they saw on the shelf. And people tend to call that the OVA effect. I think, Tobias, you know a little bit more about that than I do. Do you want to? Yeah. yeah, this has been one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about in regards to the show. Uh, anybody really, you know, looked up anything, you've probably seen a couple of people mention this and that, you know, back, you know, back in the day when we go into a blockbuster video on Friday night, you know, to rent a movie or a video game for the weekend, you know, as a, as a sort of treat. We'd go in and you'd go to this, you know, the, the anime section or the cartoon section. You would see something like Ninja Scroll. And you're like, man, I love ninjas. Like, ninjas are great. No. And then your parents not knowing anything. Like, okay, ninjas, whatever. Let's just let's get it. I'm going to go ahead and shut the kid up. So you go home. Maybe you've got friends over. You pop in Ninja Scroll in your VHS tape. You know, 30 minutes later, there's vagina snakes. <laughs> and you know maybe your parents are really aware of what you're watching but you're just kind of like shocked and amazed that you're watching this thing that you probably shouldn't have been watching but because of this new fancy thing you know japanese animation you know japanese porno cartoons uh, it's just kind of this new shocking thing 
And we don't really have that anymore, where anime has become more mainstream, you know, but just after a decade or two of it being on TV, uh, you can just easily get, you know, the, like the new the new stuff as it comes out on Crunchyroll. You can read reviews of it. And I think most people would agree that even if you don't necessarily agree that anime has gotten better in the past or worse than the past decade or two, it has gotten a lot more samey in a lot of ways. And we kind of have this loss of this shock factor that got a lot of us older fans into anime in the first place. Oh, I mean, I'll definitely I, say this show had shock factor. That's oh, for yeah, damn sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would. I think it's safe to say that at least some of you here in the podcast, like that's probably what got you in anime in the first place, is because it looked very different than cartoons. Not really. I watched Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's still like that's still something you see a lot. And, and like a common thread in, in fandom as a whole with anime is that it's it's how different it was than just the cartoons, the kind of crap that we watched, you know, when we were really young, how different right. it was. Yeah, so, no, I do. Re- I do remember uh, renting. I think it was uh, Spirited Away. No, not Spirited Away. That was recent. It, it was one of the Miyazaki movies when Blockbuster, you know, still existed. Yeah. Um, I rented one of those because I wanted like an animated movie. I didn't really know what anime was, but I was like seven. So... Um, so I, I rented one of those and I, like even then, like looking back, I noticed it, but I didn't really actually point it out. But I did enjoy the fact that it was different and didn't look like every other Disney cartoon that I had watched for years and years and years. Sure. And then you've got you know people watching Tsunami where you've got, of course, you got like DBZ, but then you've got like Sailor Moon, which is very different than a lot of, you know, uh, cartoons as well. You had Gun Wing, which had these really complex political struggles, as well as, you know, this like giant robot action as well. So it was something very different than, than the Western stuff. So to go ahead and tie that all back to Doubleman specifically, you know, now we live in an age where you can watch whatever's coming out as it comes out on Crunchyroll. Even on Netflix, you can just, you know, whatever, even though it's all lumped together in a you know, binge watch session, kind of like Little Witch Academia, it's still kind of samey. But then out of nowhere comes Devilman Crybaby, this thing which, you know, all five previous fans of Devilman were aware <laughs> of, uh, you know, at the time. You know, people had talked about it. I was aware of it, but I didn't really thought about it because I wasn't really a big fan. I hadn't really kept up with it at all. But then everyone's talking about this new series and how weird it is. And, you know, for those of you who've watched it, you know, the very first episode, it starts pretty okay. But then by the end of it, we have this this very... Uh, very strong, if nothing else, you know, the psychedelic orgy of yes. gore. Yeah, this yeah. literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> like that's literally I, exactly that is the best way to sum up that scene. It was a yeah. psychedelic gore orgy. I don't it, think it was like this weird combination of Super Jail, Dr. Seuss, and Toei's <laughs> Alibaba film. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Do we do we want to like kind of sidewind into that now? I I love the oh. show, and I'm going to have to rewatch it like three times in order to I just absorb it completely. Um, because normally I'm not like a big fan of very hypersexual anime. Um, it's just something that tends to turn me off unless it's done either very high kitsch and just playing with it, which I think this show does, or oh, it's yeah, done for sure. in a more art house way. Like I get tired of as you know this is a mature show so i'm going to be a little more loose on this podcast i get tired of what i call told austin is you know anime tit squad five the breasts return like it seems like (laughs) every season 
of just girls going ugu and flapping their jugs. And I'm like, I'm very sick of this. But then somehow Akira sitting down, plopping down and looking at a huge theater projection of this girl riding this guy. I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this for some reason. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was used like in an artistic way and it was meant to like show the environment and like, they are like literally in the pits of hell right now, which is why people are getting possessed by demons at this place. Like this is literally why this is happening because they were basically at the gates of hell. And also it was, it was pretty comedic. Like when Akira, when he's still the innocent little sweet child accidentally bumps into the, to the, um, to the girl, she's just like, Oh, do you want to touch my boobs? You want to take ecstasy little boy? (laughs) And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I started laughing so hard. I was just like, yeah, sure, this is the world we live in, why not? And, like, all these people are, like, doing it on the dance floor and, like, probably drugged off their asses. Yeah. And just, like... I want that huge neon Bahamut that they have in that club. Yeah. Oh, I was just yeah. so confused, because I had seen... I uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to watch this, because so many... I saw fan art of, obviously, of um, Ryo and Akira... And one of my favorite artists of all time, she released stuff. And I was like, okay, I have to go watch this before I get massively spoiled. It looks really cool. I get to that. And I'm like, I'm watching it. Also, I'm watching it on Netflix on my phone. I'm in bed, just kind of chilling. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hopefully, I don't think my parents are home. They're not home. They're at work today. They better not be hearing this. So like every single time I'd listen, like th- that just showed up. And I was like, do I keep going? I'm so <laughs> yeah. intrigued now. Like I like Sully. I don't like hypersexualized things. It just freaks me out. I don't like it. Yeah. Um. So I was like, do I keep watching this? I feel bad for Akira, and I kind of want to know what this story goes. And it just all the episodes just kept doing that. Like I want to know more. I want to know more. Yeah. And I couldn't get enough of the show. And I just kind of was like, oh, look, boobs. Let's pretend that didn't show up on the screen and move on with life. Yeah. No, like, I kind of thought that, too. Like, when I was watching it, I you gave me the recommendation. So I was uh, like, Marissa doesn't like super porn. Super I wonder porn. why she liked super it. Porn. I mean, pretty much. Like, let's be honest here. And so I was just like, um, okay, well, this is a lot, but whatever. So I move on and like then he gets possessed and I was like, okay, I actually kind of get why they did that. And like it popped up a few other times and pretty much every other time there was like boobs on the screen was like artistic or it had a purpose or you could kind of logically connect two and two. Granted, yeah, probably fan service, you know, obviously. Um, But the funniest thing for me, you mentioned your parents uh, not being home and being at work when you were watching the uh, the porny scene. I was watching the scene where he's watching porn on the big screen and blasting the noise in his school. And everybody's like, what are you doing? You're going to get in trouble. My roommate walks in, probably because he hears like extremely loud, like moaning. And so he looks at me and he's just like, why are you watching porn at 1 p.m. on a Monday? And so... I just like kind of am like a little embarrassed, but at the same time, like don't give a shit because I'm not watching porn. And I was like, you know what? I'm not watching porn. I am watching someone watching porn. There is a difference. This is art. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I felt like I was channeling Akira at that moment because he just kind of was sitting there watching porn like he didn't give anything. I think my favorite moment in that episode, this is the most immature thing for me to latch on to, is when the girls are describing how Akira has changed. It's like, oh, he's taller now. Oh, he's he's buffer now. And the one girl who just shouts, Akira's got a huge dick. And then <laughs> next shot, a lovingly framed shot of his bulge in his running uniform. And at that moment, I just felt one with the universe. And yeah, like I said, it it always came back to like humor with the like the mm-hmm. porny stuff. It was it was really funny the way they used it. The one death that I mourn in that show is Big Dick Girl. <laughs> <laughs> who the girl who shouts akira has a big dick oh my gosh the no. one death Can, I, mourn. I i don't know if this is like getting too off of this but the, the can we talk about the saddest death like the one death that just like ripped her heart to shreds we'll get to those because her spoilers everyone dies I'll, I'll just say small thing on that every single like once i got to like those last like three episodes i was like they keep killing people every single episode, and it's someone important now. Everyone's gonna die, isn't it? Yeah. It all comes tumbling down. Tumbling <laughs> down, tumbling yeah. down. <laughs> no, like, we'll get to that. Yeah, on that topic, though, like, it, it all keeps tumbling down. The pacing in this show was pretty much unlike anything we get nowadays in, like, the mainstream releases, because... It was really fast for a 10 episode series. It like it when it ended, it was in an entirely different place than where it began. And like that only happened in 10 episodes, which is insane to me. Like actually looking back, like every mini arc was contained to like two, maybe three episodes. And then once that finished, like it moved on to another thing, which the scale was like colossally different. And there was so much other like other stuff going on now that. Yeah, you couldn't really if you if you looked down for a second, you missed something like it started with him just becoming a devil man, learning his powers to uh, Miki getting kind of sort of like not really molested, but like creeped on by the photographer. She became a devil and he exercised her with the uh, hunging and that was entertaining. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, suck the glow monster out. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. So. Yeah, just everything that happened, it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, and just by the way, we're going to be talking full spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the entire show yet, just leave off here. Come back when you're done. So when it starts with him uh, becoming a devil man and learning his powers, it's pretty small, almost had like a monster of the week vibe to it. Uh, And that diverted very quickly because you start to see him actually interacting with the characters, learning more about what he is, about uh, Rio's goals. And then you meet his parents, sort of. And yeah, his parents get brought up and then they subsequently get killed off, which was like, geez, okay, that's kind of intense. Well, at least he still has this other family. Oh, wait. Yeah, I think um, speaking about uh, Akira's family, I feel like you said, like the first couple of episodes was kind of like monster of the week kind of thing. So it was following that old trope of like shonen anime, where it's like, oh, devil man's going to fight evil demon things that are doing bad things, like doing things and 
everything's gonna be fine with the world and you get to the point where um akira's mom is pretty much coming to tell like warn him about his father she gets killed and he has to kill his father um that's i think the biggest that's the turning point for akira where he starts to think wait hold on there's other people like all these demon like these devils a lot of them aren't true devils some of them like my father are devil men like me they still have a soul they still have a heart and they're gonna fight against it and i'm now not just killing like bad people i'm killing innocents yeah what do i do and rio's just like whatever that's your job and devils die the end devils die the end and you're like oh something's up with this kid <laughs> Well, so Rio was like always kind of. You're not. Shady, normal, he was shady from the very beginning. <laughs> you're not a normal person if you get your best friend possessed by you know an evil being. Amon, yeah. Yeah. Amon is like. I'm fairly certain Amon is a book. A name. Sorry. A name that comes up in the Bible. Yep. It's one of the main demons in demonology. Is Amon? I think it's also yeah. where Amaimon from Blue Exorcist gets his yes, namesake from. Probably. Yeah. Exactly. Like. That's it's literally an evil being that you're like conv- you're goading to possess your friend, and I'm like, um, okay, you could probably go about destroying demons a different way, but okay. And so, yeah, yeah. so I was just like, you're a little shady, but you know, they they always have to have shady, otherwise the show's boring. And he was like, he was willing to do whatever you needed to do to get his task completed, which was to purge the world of all devils and um we think yeah it was his goal like it was it actually was until he had a self-awakening and realized oh wait i literally want to do the opposite of because i'm satan yep (laughs) and yeah which i kind of i kind of saw that coming a little bit but kind of with the fact that akira is like the devil man he's out like we know he's a devil and he's in all the black like in the darker colors but he has a heart while Rio has like next to no emotions and he's in like the pure white so it kind of throws yeah there was definitely a contrast there a contrast and um small little jump ahead when it comes to Rio that last episode um it's like actually the second to last episode it might have been the last episode I can't remember this series went by so fast I watched yeah. it in, like two days uh, you see him when he's struggling and he's trying to figure out his past because he's like, I, I feel like I'm doing good. And then he f- goes to Peru and when he leaves, you see over his door because you never see the entrance to the door when Akira and him are coming in and out. It actually said 666 over it. So oh. it was like this big, like, in your face, hi, yes, he's Satan. Like, yeah. immediately, he's Satan. No ifs, ands, or buts uh, kind of reference. So I'm interested to go back and watch the series at some point to see if there are more references to um, the animators and the creators kind of put in there to like slyly hint uh, about his origins. But yeah, I, I, I definitely want to go back to this one, but I'm going to need some time. Like <laughs> this one, this was a really heavy show. Like, Dear God, was it a heavy show? There was so much that happened, and like I just kind of lost it. Like I noticed also when everybody and their mother was becoming a demon because uh, Rio basically outed them to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that the little brother had like black, 
like, I make up on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shoot. When you get possessed by a demon, you become a mid-2000s MCR fan. Oh Pretty God. much, yeah. And so I, I was just like, wait a minute. And like, I tried to convince myself. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, maybe I just am remembering him wrong. And I was like, no, I'm not remembering him wrong. That kid's a demon. And then he ate their cat or their puppy. I forget which it was. It was like, yeah, it was a dog. It was a dog. Yeah. And it I was, was just like, yeah. I, I started sobbing. Oh, my God. That was That's, so bad. That and then the dad gets murdered by the military while trying to put down his family because his son's literally a demon who just ate his wife. With eating. And you see yeah. him crying. Because. He needs meat so badly. And like but, his mom's just like, I'll make you happy here. Eat me. But at the same time, you see that he's like, dad, I didn't want to kill mom. I just like, I can't. And then the dad's just. That that was probably one of my favorite scenes was the struggle that the dad had yeah. over killing um his son. It was just uh that's Yeah. I was like, this, he he this lost show. two families in a very short amount of time. And like then Miki, when she found out, she was just like, Okay, and then walks upstairs to her room and then just like explodes and I was like, Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but Yeah. But, oh my god, it was it was so rough. Like the nihilism in this show was just way too real. Like for those of you who don't know, nihilism is like the philosophical. Uh, Ryan, way I would even... hope that our listeners are educated enough to understand what nihilism is. I mean, like exact definition is like kind of loose, but it's basically like nothing matters and the world doesn't matter. This show basically literally tells you, yeah, the world doesn't matter. Like nothing at all matters because we're just going to do this again whenever like everything goes belly up and um that's exactly what happened like rio's plan kind of twisted and then he turned humans against each other because they're like suspecting everybody's a demon and the demons all die as well and then rio's the only one left because he's satan he even kills akira which i was actually legitimately surprised by I think we were talking about that's the defect. I see now. I was joking about Dick Girl, but um, <laughs> but my favorite moment is when Akira is having this very um, beautiful conversation, or uh, Rio is having this very beautiful conversation with Akira, and he goes, "You're not speaking. I'm the only one speaking." He just turns, and you see that he's um, severed from the waist down, yeah. and then you see. Um, the angels descending. I think they're angels. I've been reading the manga, and the, in the end scene, they're more clearly shown as being beings like Ryu. So they, they have... Well, this... Satan was a fallen angel, so yeah, yeah, it would make sense. I like how the animation here, they're just sort of wheels, which is a biblical reference in a lot of actual, like, parts of the Bible, or, like, whatever you want to call, like, Bible 2.0, like supplementary materials to it angels are described as flaming wheels and that's kind of what they reminded when you have those big geometric things fall to the earth and you have that last scene of the teardrop looking shape falling to earth and then the last Just, credit sequence yeah. is white yeah and, and like basically you see you see at the beginning of the show also like a bunch of like white and dark uh basically drops just pounding the earth and then turning it into primordial soup. And then you see it like go through 
you know, cooling down, becoming a planet, becoming hospitable and all that. And then you see that exact same thing at the end because he's just like, well, God's about to do this anyways, because I just killed all of humanity and he doesn't want me to be victorious. So you know that uh, he's going to be in a vicious cycle of doing this for his entire existence. Like he's going to get close to somebody. He's going to, you know, awaken demons again. Then he's going to he's going to keep doing this over and over and over. It's really interesting that um, that they're choosing to do it closer to the manga than the animated series, which is going to guys works are actually very short. Um, I know Kitty Honey is only like four volumes, and I know the Devil Man's like five. So the the original anime for Devil Man was much longer because it was going to be a franchise. You know, you have yeah, you know, sixty five episodes back in that day. It had but, a lot of filler. I I really liked how concise this was. I, there are some parts where I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get some plot here or I'm ready to kind of move on or like it kind of slagged right before the uh, the scene where they're at the, the race and Rio first like reveals the demons. Right. Um, like before that, I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of like, I'm, I'm, getting ang- I'm getting antsy about this show. And then after that happened, I was completely and totally hooked. I had to like, take it in two episode chunks after that because i had other like commitments like i had to do so i would like finish that and then rush home and then take two episodes and just keep coming back so i wasn't able to watch it like in one continuous sweep and i think in a real weird way that made it more like anxious like you know you're sitting and you're writing a paper doing chores and you're thinking oh god what's going to happen next i i find it difficult to to like marathon things so like that was really kind of an interesting experience for me compared to you guys, you know, going through it in one fell swoop. Yeah. I was not able to wait with this one. That, and I literally had nowhere to go. I was sick, but, um, but yeah, it just, it did not stop. And right, right about that point as well, I was kind of like, this needs to pick up. And then it did, it knew where it needed to pick up, but you kind of expect that with the 10 episode series, which is one of the benefits, but probably, the death that had the biggest impact on me was Miki's and subsequently Miko's because like she goes on a public forum and just decides to like show support for the devil men because she's like, they're still people too. They're like literally trying to help you. You guys need to stop trying to kill people because you're killing people. And apparently that's not good enough for humanity. So they go and try to, you know, lynch her and they burn her house down. Burn the witch. Yeah. So she runs off with the with uh, Miko, who is the jealous demon who wants to run as fast as her and track. And they were friends for a long time. And she sacrifices herself for Miki because, you know, the lynch mob is chasing them. And then Miki is running away and actually gets straight up killed like a guy runs a knife down her back, which I was kind of wondering the whole time i was like all right akira when are you gonna show up and save her and he didn't (laughs) that did not happen and then not only that they severed her in various places and stuck her up on pikes and just you know yeah it, it was disturbing and 
I just kind of was like really bothered by that scene because I just got that stuck in my head and I was like, Jesus, they legitimately have lost their minds to the point where they took a high school girl who tried to tell you that murdering people is bad and you cut her up and hoisted her up on pikes to just like show everybody, hey, we're going to keep killing people. But yeah, it was like it, it was a pretty rough scene. I love the scene where she's talking about, like, I support Devilman, and you can see the internet comments, and one says hypocrite, and then below one says, let's have an orgy. Yeah, yeah. Like, the internet comments this show. I mean, this is a very serious show, but at the same time, Gona Guys works tend to have, like, a lot of very subversive, raunchy kind of tongue-in-cheek humor. I watched the dub because my Netflix, whenever subtitles would change, would flicker, and it would drive me up the wall. That and Rio's uh, English was sometimes kind of awkward for my ears. I watched the dub for like after episode four. And I love the scene where the dad uh, is going, you know, I trust you. Are you doing drugs? Just the way it's delivered. Just like (laughs) I was howling. A lot of the delivery is incredibly funny and a lot of the animation i love when he's talking about the flakes on the rice and he starts like hovering over the brother and waggling his hands and it's just so over the top and cartoonish and it's so silly and i loved it like it there's enough humor to alleviate the very very dark tone of the series and at first I was kind of put off. I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to be too funny. It's kind of ridiculous. And then part of it is you you kind of roll with the punches after a while. Yeah. So you have the internet commenters, the little brother who, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of glad that he turned into a demon. Because I, I don't like kid siblings in TV shows a lot of the time. So the faster they get, the happier I am. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, thanks, look. So. Look, I, he just got on my nerves. Although I do love that he's the one that kind of introduces that Devil Man, the anime, is a real thing in this universe. Yeah, that made me laugh. That was really I like funny. to think that, like, because this is, you know, a better adaptation of the original manga, that Devil Man, the anime, existed independently in this universe. <laughs> and they just happen to look like the anime. I like to yeah. think of it like this is a second timeline from, like, the original where you know, the world got nuked by God and he basically pressed the reset button. And the first Devilman series was the first time around and this series is the second time around. And yeah, this Rio, is like some Rio once upon a time, you stuff. know, dark curse shit we have going on right now. Yeah, pretty exactly. much, pretty much. <laughs> but I like how they have the references to the Devilman, like, series, but it's not, like, in your face. It's not, like, an like an obvious thing. It's just like, oh, kids are watching it and there's merchandise and a cat costume and cat (laughs) costume and then it was just kind of like it was there and you're like oh so devil man exists in this universe as a show and that's about it it's kind of like the looney tunes that show up all the time in like the dc animated stuff like yeah like it's just there you're like oh here's a reference and but they don't really explicitly um focus on it too much it was just kind of like a nice nod uh kind of thing to the original series yeah referential humor is great as long as it has like a backseat and doesn't like shove it in your face that makes it like the only thing that's funny in the show 
because the show legitimately succeeded at being funny and the referential humor was just a, li- a nice little nod like hey maybe if you like this go check out this other thing that aired like 20 years ago it's also pretty good and follows the same stuff but yeah i was glad that it was like really subtle but it was still really funny that it was there and yeah i i, I enjoyed that little add-on but um one thing i wanted to talk about also the uh the pretty much duality between Miki and Miko, aka other Miki. So Miki is the main love interest and Miko is another girl named Miki, but they all call her Miko to distinguish her from Miki because she's a bigger track star than Miko. And you kind of see that she's just like depressed that she's the other Miki and she wants to be the main Miki. So she wants to beat other Miki. My God, I'm saying Miki a lot. She wants to be the main girl in um in track so she can be popular again and have people call her by her real name and not have to be like, hey, you go to school with her and be like, hey, you're you. But then she becomes a demon and eats the guy that took her to the orgy club because that's what people do, apparently, when they become demons is they eat people. So. And yeah, I become incredibly horny incredibly horny incredibly hungry and just turn into my chemical romance fans yep and also run like i don't know spiders like, uh they look like paddle boats yeah that's that's a good analogy <laughs> yeah flailing their arms paddle boats is a good analogy yep. um yeah that w- it was entertaining i really enjoyed seeing their arc and i was actually kind of confused at first though because i thought that they looked like relatively similar and i I don't remember details very quickly so i couldn't remember what color length uh, miki's hair was and then when she was talking to the rap guy when he was introducing herself or himself to her and she got called out like and he was like hey you go to school with uh miki don't you and she was like yeah i know her then she gets called miki as well and i was like Wait, was that Miki just trying to pretend like she doesn't she's not her so she doesn't get all this attention? And then I was like, no, this keeps happening. Maybe it's like a flash forward thing and you're seeing Miki in the future and maybe I should be paying attention to this. And I was just like, oh, no, it's just a duality type deal. So it was a little confusing and I definitely will pick up on that a little bit better the second time around. But I thought it was still pretty cool. Also, um. One thing that I really want to that I really want to touch on is the duality duality between Akira and Ryo because a lot of people obviously fangirls ship them like no one's business because of just how their relationship is throughout the entire series and the fact that in the end Ryo admits that he loved Akira. And I mean, as um, somebody as somebody who like you know I hate when people like try to ship everything mm-hmm. that moves. Yeah, this was like not even subtle. They definitely were shipped. <laughs> they were shipped and but at the same time everyone I I am a shipping fan. I love my ships. You know this. Sully yeah. knows this. <laughs> yeah. Problem is I cannot stand them together like that because it's just it like real hurt Akira. 
So well, yeah, much. realistically, Rio is like a piece of garbage who was literally I, Satan. He, yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. literally Darn. Satan, literally <laughs> Satan. But we no. say literally Satan ironically all the time. This guy is literally the devil. But people still ship them, despite the fact, like at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm gonna kind of ship them because, haha, everyone does. So I'm just gonna kind of roll with it. And as the series progressed, I was like, yeah, I don't like Rio and he is a jerk and he pretty much caused all of Akira's suffering he caused Akira to suffer until the end and it was pretty much like the two of them like the, they were the last two and Akira died because of Ryo and he had to go through all of that I'm like that is not a healthy relationship why are we shipping it in a healthy relationship can I make a difference uh-huh. Well, the the healthy relationship. Sorry, Sully. One sec. The healthy relationship was Miki and Akira, and they like mm-hmm. both truly loved each other, and just it was not meant to be because people are garbage. Yep. My reasoning is I I will grant the 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 very important like let's not have pedophilia or rape fetishism in bl circles but for me um i do sometimes like really fucked up relationships not necessarily romantic ones but just people who their interactions with each other are incredibly broken and that last scene where he's talking to him and the end of the world comes for some reason that just really resonated with me and i really like the idea of it and then when he says you know you killed the only thing i ever loved and he says but i loved you it's so selfish and and blinding and i don't know why i love that i don't know why i love the idea of these this that satan himself has fallen in love with this person and is still satan and is still doing these horrible terrible things and it for some reason i just really love it i don't know why i love how fucked up it is yeah that and i find it weirdly beautiful yeah the end scene was kind of like weirdly beautiful because like you kind of think at first, like, the battle's over, they're all dead except for maybe those two, and they're just talking, like, fatigued, and then the end of the world's about to happen. You realize, oh, wait, Satan's alone. And he just kind of realizes, like, I'm alone, and I did this to myself. But you also know it's Satan, so nothing's going to change. He's going to continue doing this, like, vicious cycle over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm... Like as much as I'm all for supporting healthy male-male relationships in anime and fan circles, sometimes I really do like more nuanced, complicated, or just fucked up things. <laughs> well, I mean that's that. fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. keeps it interesting. I'm not, I'm not saying don't ship them because they they you know, like... let he who is without problematic ships cast the first stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah true no but, it's, uh, it's it's to each their own ship what you want to ship just whatever um but <laughs> i was gonna say uh because ryan you mentioned like oh yeah it's the, the two of them at the end um they're the only survivors i am surprised you didn't notice like right before that his legs got eaten off i did notice that but you can live without your legs ah! well true and then like healing factor but at the same time yeah. i'm like He's been taking a ton of damage. Which is why I thought it was just, like, fatigued. Like, they both took, like, a beating, and they were just kind of laying back, like, you know, oh, God, we just beat the crap out of each other. 
Yep. Because Ryo seemed like, oh, okay, whatever. I won. Hooray. Like, he didn't seem as fatigued as Akira did. Yeah. Kira was just constantly melding with the other devil men at the end. That was the thing also, is like his legs got bitten off, but he was melding with the devil men to fix his wounds. So I was like, you know, maybe he melded with enough people to become like super devil man and like actually managed to beat him. And then (laughs) no, (laughs) but yeah, no, once I saw his face was kind of like had that deadpan look on it. I was like, oh, the dude's dead. Like, there's literally nobody left. And also that scene, like at the beginning of that episode where he walks up, just like cradling Miki's head. I was just like, oh, God, you literally have nothing left. Can we talk about um, the other character that kind of got some popularity in Coda? Yeah. Um, One thing I did like about this series is the sexuality isn't really a thing. He has a relationship with a man who he then uh, devours. But (laughs) other than that little fact, it's complete. Like in the club scenes, you see men and men together. You see men and women together. You see women and women together. It's very... It's very, as all the wall as this show is, it's very just every day. It's not commented upon. It's not some love that dare not speak its name like Yuri on Ice, but it's a very large theme. I mean. Well, also difference here is like they don't have laws on Netflix about, you know, what they can and can't portray. I mean, just show a a teenage boy watching big screen porn if you want to. Exactly. Um, uh, and, you know, even in the original manga, Satan is this sort of intersex, androgynous figure. You know, we, he has a very masculine body, but he has the breasts and the very feminine. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had the, the breasts in this one, too. Features. Yeah, he had the breasts in this one, too. And I was just like, okay, Satan has boobs. That's... Well, I mean, that's a very common depiction in Renaissance art is demons being um, sort of a third sex or having very bizarre body like even bahamut if you look at the actual you know engraving has female like anatomy almost, on his chest like almost being hermaphroditic in a way hermaphroditic is a yes technically in the literary sense because when you say hermaphrodite it is in a literary artistic sense intersex is what you can say in the real world where we discuss these in an academic and medical way so sure. um, i mean there's paint there's a painting of someone selling his soul to the to a demon and the demon has a face on his ass so this, these are <laughs> oh demons are weird ideas of what demons are i mean looking at the designs in devil man which can we talk about the character design the demons and the characters and gona guy's bizarre little like tick where a lot of his main characters have masks or facial features that come down to a point on the nose you see it a lot in cutie honey with like sister jill devil man has it Claw monsters of the day have it. A lot of demons have it. I don't know why I love that. that I loved that one. That one minion of Rio's that had like it was just like a ball and was basically just kind of his like mini commander that just did nothing but talk smack. I love her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know she who I'm talking like about. One of those fry kids from the like a '90s McDonald's ad, but like with a bad RuPaul face. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. She was like his um the secretary. Yeah, correct? essentially. Yeah. 
Oh I gosh, love how the one guy's like plastic surgery, and I just get I, that scene in like the '89 Batman where they go love that Joker. I was imagining her was she was gonna say that at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same fuzzy psychedelic face thing loaded in the air. I mean, just the the animation on the demons constantly shifting and these gurgling slimy winged things that are these polymorphs just the way they did it was just so clever and just so unsettling like whenever they were on screen i was either laughing because like the ones they're all in like the little gang area and there's like the leader who's normal and then the woman and then the guy who looks like david lynch like they made me laugh but when they're actually fighting or like consuming people it's just so ugh. they're weirdly comedic but like unsettling like a deep sea fish or something yeah like when um when miko transformed for the first time and you saw she was basically like a giant spider it was like kind of unnerving at first because i was like oh my god like she's so grotesque and then just the animation i was just like all right that looks really cool (laughs) i love the um when Satan is discussing the history of the demons. Dinosaurs are demons. Oh, yeah, yeah that was funny. Triceratops, you know, from hell, literally from hell. I don't know why that sort of, you know, all of these sort of monsters in human imagination and in history are all demons, and this is our way of understanding them. Ogres, vampires, um, zombies, these are all demons, and how humans have kind of understand and coexisted with them. I really want to make like a land before time joke right now. Like Littlefoot, does that look like the face of Mercy? Oh my god! <laughs> Three stars are people. Oh my gosh! Like uh... yeah, the, does Littlefoot look like he he was like kidding around? Like that that dude was a killer. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. You just ruined my childhood now. Uh... <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> but. I, I found I found that really like a really cool nod. I was like, oh my gosh, that's really smart. That's a nice little cool like a tie-in to other stuff like they've been here all along. They're the original um, inhabitants of Earth. It wasn't humanity. And God's the one who put humanity on there to be spiteful towards Satan. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Satan says, I've fallen for these simple-minded, stupid creatures, and God ruined it by putting humans here, and they, you know, blowing them up and leaving their spirits to possess humans. Yeah, but the interesting thing was, there was, when it comes to possessing human the humans, uh, a handful of characters never got possessed, because uh, we see throughout the entire thing, Miki stays strong. She never... No, Miki uh, got possessed, remember? She no, 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 no. She didn't become the monster. The thing like kind of it it can go into people. It was like a weird um Yeah, it just it took her over, but she Yeah, like, it took her over, yeah. but it, it she didn't become like a demon or a devil. The thing was in her body. Um it was a little different than like uh Akira's dad or Akira himself because she I don't think you can actually like purge the demon. It's stuck with you forever until you die. Um, so the demon itself, um, I don't think they can exist in this world unless they are attached to humans now. I, uh, yeah, I think that was the case. Yeah, and the interesting thing was because of 
if you look at the characters that were not possessed, like Miki's parents, they were Christian. Kind of a obvious, subtle thing that they kind of did. They prayed before meals. Um, well, her brother. But her brother was, but if you noticed a handful of times when he would turn the TV on, he was watching Akira's porn. Oh, really? This kid, yes. I don't remember that. He was that. watching it in like the first episode. You see him turning it on and he sees it. No one um, in this show can set a password. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, but the people like uh, Mickey's brother became possessed because of his small little perverted mind because he was a young kid. It was more of a curiosity for him. He didn't know it. Um, right. So that's how he became possessed. But the interesting thing is, and it's probably you don't even care about these guys the rappers none of them did and they're usually seen as deviants and push against society well they were actually they were actually good guys they they straight up offered to protect miki from the lynch mob yeah because when you see them at the beginning you're like okay these are guys are kind of they're kind of dicks they're kind of jerks like what are they doing and then later on you're like no these guys are super sweet one of the guys I think has a crush on Miki and actually really truly cares about her. Um, that's the one who gave her the earrings. And yeah. that was kind of heart-wrenching to see that they're like the last couple of people that truly had not been taken over by um, the demons or had not gone against humanity and the demons um, were eventually killed off because of them align themselves with Akira and Miki. So. Well, yeah. Also, like, on that note, I just kind of, like, noticed at the beginning, she was getting involved with some really seedy people. Like, she she gets involved with that, like, photographer who clearly wants to shoot her nude. And then she gets, like, goes up and meets the street gang. She has this big old smile on her face like she's hanging out with friends. And I was like, dude, they're a street gang. They're, like, literally whipping out guns and stuff right now what the hell are you doing and then like yeah you come to find out yeah they actually kind of were friends because they weren't just stereotypical street thugs mm-hmm. i like their little raps uh <laughs> yeah every other episode Those are yeah just, i love them but minky was so pure of a character and so honest and good-hearted that it was really like a brush of like at first i was like oh my god this girl is obnoxious and annoying with how like just innocent she is but then later on in the series you're like this is a breath of fresh air i really enjoy miki a lot and she was such a dramatic well-rounded character like she knew who she was uh she had no problems with herself and she had so much confidence it was astounding (laughs) how much confidence this girl had in herself and her abilities and if only she could have run a little faster (sighs) she wouldn't have made it anyways yeah she was at that point she was running away from one lynch mob into another another lynch mob and if you like akira lands at the house like he didn't know where she yeah he didn't know where she was and he was also beaten to a pulp he didn't have his wings at that point because that demon general just beat him to like oh god that entire episode was just like, is anything ever going to be okay? No? no. Nope. Okay. But another, th- I think, yeah, it happened when you mentioned uh, Miki's, like, her blog post and stuff. 
that was, I, I recall that was happening at about the same time that Akira was trying to protect those people that were getting, like, stoned. That's exactly when it was taking place. Oh my gosh, that scene. I was watching the kid. I was like, wait for it. It's always yeah. the kids that are, yes, they're the most susceptible to societal changes and they just kind of follow the grain. But at the same time, I remember watching, like, if you give a kid, like, something that, like, happened, uh, like, sorry, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, when there was issues way before um, gay marriage was legal, I was watching, like, kids react and stuff, and kids were like, why can't anyone love each other? Like, kids have this, um, innate, it, like, honesty and, like, purity kind of to them. They like, have a like, simple view of the world. They have a simple view of the world, and they're like, why are we doing this? And you notice the kids are the first ones to drop the stones and go hug him. And yeah. seeing the kids, the parents and the adults go, what are we doing? And it's always the kids that are going to influence the older generation into realizing their mistakes, which was like. The only thing about that scene is like, yeah, it was a hard It was a touching scene. But like for a brief moment, it gave me hope that maybe humanity can pull through this. And then they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, because then. Coda. Traitors bastard. Yeah, um, Coda. Came in and just like destroyed all of that. And you're like, well, there went the happy moment ruined yeah sometimes like i said this show story does not so... have a happy ending yeah no this show did nef- definitely did not have a happy ending and like i think i messaged marissa like immediately after and i was like what the hell i need happy yeah no because i was like i was the first person to finish the show or was yeah, Sully? No, yeah, was... you were, because i only finished it like today i like i said took episodes as i had time for them because I finished it, and I knew we were talking about it, like, together, but I missed some stuff uh, because of chat going crazy. But life. I was like, yeah, life. And I'm like, uh, what did I just watch? And everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just finished Devil Man," And they're like, don't say anything. I'm like, Ryan, I want to say it. something. Yeah. I'm like, Ryan, please go watch it, because I know you will binge it. And then you binged it in two days, and you're like. No, I binged it in a day. Well, true. Yeah, you mentioned it in a day. And you're like, what did I just watch? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I can talk to someone about this. Because I was actually talking to poor Jesse. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I apologize. I was trying to like kind of vent about this show and how confusing it was. And without talking too much about things, because she's not going to watch it. Um, Jesse is too pure innocent for this world. Uh, oh, yeah. And she was like, uh-huh. I'm like, I gotta get off because it's weird ah it, it was painful like like i said before the nihilism in the show like it would it just kept on ramping up like it had like minor themes in the beginning like with the orgy and everything and then just it literally came to the end where nihilism is true literally nothing matters everybody's gonna die eventually hooray yeah it, it was it was really rough but yeah, um, I think that kind of wraps up pretty much everything we had to say about it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Definitely give it a watch. Oh yeah, definitely. And definitely check out the manga, which is being licensed by Seven Seas. And if you also really are just kind of hooked into the crazy go go world of Go Nagai, see what I did there? Definitely <laughs> watch Cutie Honey. 
um, read Kyudiani because it's even weirder in the manga. Um, Mazinger Z, I haven't seen or read that yet, but I am basically just like methodically going through his stuff because I am an elderly woman in the body of a 24-year-old man, so anything made in the 70s should like came out yesterday for me. Yeah, I definitely want to check out the original just to see how it compares. And like, I'm expecting a lot more camp because, you know, it was a lot older, but it's it, the artwork is beautiful. I think that Gonagai has just such a wonderful, distinct style. And Cutie Honey is kind very of colorful, like, colorful oh, yeah. and kind of cartoony and a little like Hanna-Barbera in places, but somehow Devilman it has a lot of that beauty. It, it has that sort of, you know, plucky 70s Showa-era manga style, but <laughs> then the last panel of the, of the final scene is just so beautiful and just beautifully rendered. And so it, it's it's a treat. It's a definite treat. And it's only five volumes, so I know that I'm going to probably scoop it all up once Seven Seas releases it. The one yeah. thing, actually, that we also have to talk about, because we literally didn't touch upon the second half of the name at all, is the fact that he cries at everything. I mean, honestly, mood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Akira, like, cries a lot about everything, and they explain that it's because he sees pain in the world and, like, constantly wants to, like, help people to feel better, and he, like, feels everybody's pain. He's very empathetic. I love that scene where they're all pelting him with stuff and he's crying, and all I could think, and I'm a terrible person for thinking this is... They know not what they do. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, sorry! He also had his hands out like that. It's like Akira is like Devil Man, but also a weird Christ parallel. I mean, if you think about it. Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert. I mean, he kind of was, if you think about it. Like, Satan was nice, beautiful, white, holy looking. And Akira, who was actually the good guy, was like evil looking, black, actually a demon. And yeah. Everything was like flip flopped in this show. Oh yeah, um, but uh, when Sally was mentioning like the artwork for the original series, I was we touched on it before, but one of the things I noticed was the difference. The well, obviously, the um, the ridiculous like the the eye makeup and stuff, especially on the younger brother. Like he didn't really change too much, but with like Akira and Miko. And many of the characters that were, especially the two of them, they had a very different kind of art style, actually. Like, when you actually compare them, um, like, the eyes were a little different compared to Miki's and Ryo's. Yeah. So it, it set them apart heavily because they were a lot taller and lankier compared to the actual humans. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they did that on, like, it was obviously on purpose, but... uh. That's one of the things that I want to go back and watch because, like, we know now basically what devils look like and that there's more than just Akira out there. I want to go back and see if, like, anybody he talked to is, like, blatantly a devil. Most of them, I think, were normal humans. Uh, I think so, but it would be interesting if they, like, threw one or two in there just as, like, a hint <laughs> for second-time watchers. Here's a nice little Easter egg for you that you didn't notice the first time around because you didn't look for it. It's yeah. interesting that this show came out on Netflix because Japan's reaction to Netflix has been, at least according to what I've read in the past year or so, been kind of lukewarm. So it'll be interesting to see like how this will kind of, what will anime on Netflix look like, like originally produced straight to Netflix anime look like. And if this is 
what we're getting, I, I think it's in good hands. Well, there's Netflix is coming out with a lot of original stuff. I actually saw an ad today for a Netflix original that I don't know. I don't remember the name of it was, and I don't even really know what the show's going to be about. But it kind of is. It had like animals and looked like a show for kids. It almost kind of reminded me of uh, Penguins uh, Cafe or Banana a little bit. So we'll see how that one turns out. And you know, they keep. They may have had a lukewarm reaction, but it's definitely making the studios money because they keep licensing shows and they keep on giving Netflix exclusives. It's more that in Japan, more people are used to the idea of buying physical media or watching it on like broadcast television. Streaming is Japan has this weird thing where they're very. We're kind of swapped like things that are very advanced and, you know, technologically innovative to us is normal for them and then some things we do or it's like you know some people still use flip phones in japan and so streaming still just kind of like eh we don't know if it's going to be a thing here but i i think with more anime being originally produced on it it might have some life in it so that's what i was referring to not necessarily like is okay. it going to be any good just what yeah. what will originally produced in japan anime look like going straight streaming yeah, yeah. i when I was in Japan for a month, I was like, all right, let's watch my anime. And I go on a Crunchyroll, and because I, my IP address is completely different, it's a Japanese yeah. one and not a US one, I look and I'm like, because, well, I noticed when I, w- I studied abroad in England for like four months, a couple of my shows were not like licensed over in England, and I couldn't watch them until I got back to the States, uh, well, lately. Uh, that is, because they had like a block on it, like, oh, you could watch it, you can watch like all of your shows except one, or the licensing will be available in like a month or so. It was really weird, but Japan had nothing. Japan, like, Japanese Crunchyroll is like bleh, and Japanese uh, Netflix is bleh, like, there's nothing. Well, I've heard Japanese Netflix has like a lot of different stuff that we don't have here, but it's not anime related. Yeah, it's like, like Netflix exclusives obviously are going to be on there. I think maybe some of the Netflix exclusive anime because it's just Netflix in general. Uh, but I'm not really certain if it's the licensing difference between like Japanese Netflix and US Netflix. But I know there's one show that got recommended to me by my Netflix. It was like, it looked like a Japanese version of the real world where it's like all these young, attractive people who live in like this beach house and they have drama and I'm like it'll be nice to watch people who are way more successful than me being attractive and normal on TV with subtitles I'm excited for that <laughs> yeah but also since you mentioned uh penguin cafe pengu is on Netflix and that is technically kind of an anime so just an important note for our listeners yeah but yeah I'm interested to see like if more Netflix exclusive anime actually keep up this quality because I didn't know anything about this show. And then everybody was just like, yeah, devil man, cry baby, devil man, cry baby. And then, you know, got recommended to me by Marissa. So I was like, all right, I guess I have to give it a shot if she liked it. Cause we have similar tastes. And then I was just like, wow, I would have never watched this. At, like if not for Netflix, because, Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it stays that the quality stays good and i hope that more things keep coming and i hope that netflix just keeps producing things because it's easy to it's easy to accept to access over here everybody has netflix or knows somebody who has netflix yep which is really nice 
it was kind of bad a few times because I share a Netflix with my mom and my sister, and we have that cheap account where you can only have two screens at once. So there were times where I had to like fight my sister who watches Parks and Rec like twenty four seven, so I could watch <laughs> Devil. Nice. Aww. Yeah, I, I I had that problem once with my parents, and I was just like, I just got off of work. Get off now. <laughs> Go watch Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, yeah. I never have to fight my parents for Netflix. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I definitely give Devilman like a solid nine out of ten. Like it had some issues where it was like a little slow in places for me, and like just the overall feeling left me like dead inside. So I was like, I can't give you a perfect ten because of what you did to me. So, but it's definitely up there. It's such a great show. Like I highly, highly recommend it to anybody who's like even remotely considering it. If you, if you. Yeah, if you don't really know if you want to watch it, you should watch it. <laughs> I mean, if you are okay with literally a blood-soaked psychedelic orgy of gore in the first episode, and again, a girl shouting, look at how big Akira's dick is in episode two. If that, if you can jump that hurdle, just stay for the ride. It's the greatest mix of drama and comedy in any anime I've watched in a long time. Oh yeah, definitely agree on that one. I don't like assigning numbers to things usually, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little less generous and give it an eight out of ten. Um, All right. I I think it has inspired me enough to want to go read the original manga more. I've read the synopsis, and it's it's basically the same story with some minor tweaks. And the manga art has kind of just enchanted me, so I think I, I might enjoy that a little more. That might be a little more to my taste, but definitely That's a very true. solid very solid well done show it like you said it's funny and then the very last episode will break your heart yeah yeah i i'm not really gonna give it a rating um because it's really difficult i'm gonna say it's it's up there it's uh definitely my rating system is very different um i rate things on my own little list between like gold which are series that i will forever love for the rest of my life uh <laughs> and then bronzes things where i'm like eh, i like the series it wasn't bad and moving on and silver was like um this is really good i'm gonna recommend it to people but i might forget it later on like way down the line and i'm gonna probably put devil man in that like silver range um i really enjoyed it it was a fantastic show art artistry was beautiful the directing was great pacing eventually like once it hits that end of episode one it just takes you on the ride and continues on and I never, I didn't want to stop. I just kept watching episode after episode. Um, thank, thanks, Netflix, for your auto thing. Um, thank you, autoplay. Thank you, autoplay. Um, but the only, I'll say, like, the only issues I kind of had was uh, because it, the pacing was very fast. It was, it moved really quickly. Uh, there was so much in there. It was a lot. It's uh, very dense. There was a lot of subtleties and a lot of dense material that, like, they could have spent a lot more time on, which I understand probably why they didn't, because certain, like, in, I'm going to use this as a reference, uh, the recent Thor Ragnarok movie, where it was like, oh, Loki's, like, spoilers, movie's been out for a while. Um, Loki was impersonating um, Odin, and Thor just does his little thing and moves on. Like, that was it. They didn't spend too long on it, and I was really happy that they didn't, because certain things you don't want to spend way too much time ruminating over but there was a lot of stuff 
um and a lot of messages in there in general there wasn't just like there's one like main message but there's so many different smaller ones that i wish they could have stuck with it a little bit more but like the jap like a lot of japanese media compared to west like um our uh cartoons where they kind of like blatantly like slap you over the face with the message um i'm happy it was very subtle because um everyone interprets it very differently because it is a very very artistic series definitely and yeah i think on that note we'll wrap this up here um as you can tell we all enjoy devil man immensely and I hope it gets more attention so Netflix keeps producing series like this because it was an incredible ride. So a uh, quick housekeeping thing also. Uh, Tobias and I are going to be guests at Playthrough Gaming Convention on the 17th and 18th of February. It's going to be in Raleigh. So if you're in Raleigh, come check us out. I'm going to be talking about uh, gaming in 2017, reviewing that, as well as uh, talking about PC versus consoles. So anybody who goes to see that is going to hate me by the end of it. So I'm going to probably need to bring a bodyguard or two. But other than that, I've been Ryan. I was joined by Marissa, Sully, and Tobias. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.